0: Hello and welcome back to Koala Moon, your podcast of original children's bedtime stories and meditations designed to make bedtime a dream. As always, here's a very special warm welcome to our newest Coco Clubbers, now enjoying ad-free listening and extra episodes every week. Not to mention that epic 12-hour long Coco story. Here's to you, Mila from Colorado, Anna Lynn and Marion from Washington State, Emery and Rhea from Canada. Akua, Kwesi Essie and Adjoa in London. Thank you all for your super warm positive feedback too. I love that some of you listen during the day as well as at bedtime and that you think the stories are a good length. Please keep your five-star reviews coming in. Let us know what you do or don't enjoy and give us some clues as to what you'd love our writers to write next for you. We read every single one of those messages. Okay, now before we head off to meet some jolly trolls, let's turn off the light and make sure the curtains are drawn. Then hop into bed and lie down. Once you've got yourselves comfortable under your covers, try to steady your breathing by breathing in for three and out for three. Then in for three, two, three, and out for four. Two, three, four. now in for three, one, two, three,
1: and out for 5, 2, three,
0: four, five. now let's try in for three,
1: two, three, and out for 6, two, three, four, five, six. And just breathe normally. Now you're calm and all is quiet. I'll begin our story.
0: In tonight's story we're going to meet some trolls who live in a village between the mountains, always lit up by a big beaming rainbow. A little troll is curious one day. What do you find at the end of the rainbow? Let's join her and her brother on their adventure and find out. This is Miggy the Rainbow Troll by Luke Prendergast. Long, long ago, when time was young and the world was inhabited by all kinds of fantastical creatures, the Rainbow Trolls built their village at the foot of a snow-tip mountain. They were called the Rainbow Trolls because of their bright, multicoloured hair and because of the rainbow that hung in a huge arc above their mountain. Every spring the mountain snow would melt and make the river run fast with water and all the brilliant flowers would crop up from between the rocks. Then the trolls would pick the flowers and weave them through their hair. Forget-me-nots for the trolls with big tufts of blue hair, buttercups for those with yellow hair, and daisies for those whose hair grew straight up and bright white. The trolls made their houses out of rocks and wood, or else they burrowed into the side of the mountain to create cosy little caves. In one such cave lived a young troll called Miggy, She lived with her mother-troll, her father-troll, and her big brother, Brucie. As far as Miggy was concerned, their cave was one of the cutest caves in town. They had a toasty log fire for the cold winter nights, dried grass laid out in thick piles as beds, and the walls were covered with beautiful wall carvings. The carvings were her dad's doing. All day long, he could be found with his piece of flint etching elaborate scenes onto the walls of their cave or their neighbours' caves or adding decoration to the stones all round the village. That's because carving was her dad's special talent. Every troll had a special talent, a skill or gift that could be put to use to bring benefits to the town. Her dad's was stone carving, but her mum's was healing. She knew more than any other troll, about the secret medicinal properties of all the herbs and plants growing nearby, about which charm could help with a stomachache, or which tree sap could help heal a bruised knee. Her brother, Brucie, was super strong, even for a troll. He might have been short, as trolls often were, but he had big, strong arms and legs and he would carry boulders from one side of the village to the other, or lift up a fallen tree from the forest's edge. And Miggy? Well, Miggy's talent was swimming. Sometimes she wondered if she wasn't part fish. When she dove from the riverbank into the cool water, she felt like she was jumping right into her own element. Her hands felt like flippers, her feet like a tail, and she would whip and zip through the water, catching fish for dinner or searching the riverbed for bright gems, sapphires and emeralds and dark, glinting onyx. Sometimes Miggy would gather so many sparkling gemstones that she wouldn't be able to carry them back to the village, and her big brother Brucie would have to come and help her carry them. But before hauling the huge sack onto his back, he'd join her drying on the rocks in the warm sun, and they would look up at the mountain and the rainbow that hung over its peak and ended somewhere far off in the distance. Then they would play a silly game. What on earth could be at the end of the rainbow? Brucie would ask. And Miggy would reply, a giant with a giant teapot waiting to make you some giant tea. Or a friendly dinosaur, Brucie would add, who'll introduce you to all her friends. Or a magical princess who'll wave her wand and give you wings. Maggie and Brucey played this game as a joke. But the truth was that there was no conversation more popular among the rainbow trolls than what might be discovered at the end of the rainbow. There were many ancient myths on the subject, and every troll had an opinion. Their dad said that at the end of the rainbow you'd find piles of gold and silver, heaps of rubies and sapphires, more riches than you could ever imagine. But then mum would laugh or shake her head or sometimes just sigh and say, that was a load of old nonsense. At the end of the rainbow, she said, a marvellous tree grew up high into the sky whose fruit could cure any illness or any injury with just one bite. Then she'd raise her eyebrows and give a firm nod, as if to say that was that. Some trolls said that you'd find a silver unicorn who would grant you six wishes. Others said you'd find a sacred stone that would let you travel through time. Others still said that the rainbow went straight down through a hole in the ground, and if you jumped down through the hole, you'd find yourself in a topsy-turvy world where trees grew from the sky and rain fell upwards, and rainbows weren't multicolored, but striped in black and white. Where the truth was, no one really knew what was at the end of the rainbow, because no one had ever been there. Why do you think no one has ever been to find out what's at the end of the rainbow? Miggy asked her brother, Brucie, on an afternoon down by the river. She had laid her big plume of bright purple hair against the rock to dry. I don't know. Brucie replied. Trolls have tried, I think, long, long ago, but no one has ever found it. Maggie stared up at the bright blue sky, and the rainbow-like strokes of paint brushed straight onto it. Then, quite suddenly, she had an idea. She sat bolt upright. Brucie, she said, we should go and find out what's actually at the end of the rainbow. Brucie stared at her a little gormlessly. Huh? he said. What do you mean? I mean, Miggy went on, getting more and more carried away with the idea that had landed in her head. We're always talking about what's at the end of the rainbow. Everyone in the village has a story. There are so many myths and legends and tall tales but no one actually tries to find out any more. Brucie was looking at her, and as his eyes grew a bit wider, she knew he understood what she was saying.
1: Don't you think,
0: Brucie, she said,
1: you and me,
0: we can go and find out what's at the end of the rainbow and settle the question once and for all. When they got home and told their dad their plan, He broke into a big sunny smile. What an excellent idea, he said. How brave you both are. So brave, said their mum. She had come and stood next to their father and put a hand on his shoulder. They both looked down at their children, their faces lit up by pride and joy. You'll be safe going together, their mum went on. You're both smart and, Brucie, you are very strong. I think it's an excellent idea, too. A real adventure. Their mum packed up a knapsack laden with all kinds of sustenance for the journey. Fruit and nuts and some morsels of tasty fish wrapped up in a cloth. Miggy and Brucie packed their sunglasses in case it was sunny and anoraks in case it rained and pulled on their walking boots and tied them up tight. And when they were all prepared to go, they stood by the cave door and gave both of their parents a big, squeezy hug. Good luck, said their mum. Be safe, said their dad. And then Miggy and Brucie, with their knapsacks on their backs, set off in the direction of the rainbow's end. They walked through the village, past the ceremonial statues of the founders, past the caves and little huts of their fellow troll neighbours, and out onto the grasslands that unfolded beneath the mountain. They strode along the grass, often looking up to the sky to make sure they were walking in the right direction. At last, the grass grew thin and they reached the edge of a thick and dark forest. This was the furthest either of them had ever been from the Rainbow Village. Miggy gulped, then put on a brave face and smiled at her brother. Ready,
1: she said. Brucie gritted his teeth and nodded. And together, Miggy and Brucie stepped into
0: the forest. It was nowhere near as scary as they'd imagined. In fact, it was rather beautiful in there. Cool and shady, with thin shafts of sunlight coming through from the gaps in the leaves above. Twigs crunched underfoot and birds and insects flitted all over the forest floor. In fact, as they went along, Miggy and Brucie were having such fun that they picked up sticks and fought with them running through the trees and hiding behind trunks to jump out and surprise each other. So puffed up were they by their sense of adventure that they didn't notice the forest getting denser and denser until at last, looking up at the canopy, Miggy realized she couldn't see the sky. Oh no, she said, looking all around above her,
1: I can't see the sky.
0: That's okay, said Brucie. You're not walking on the sky. You've only got to see the ground. No, Brucie, said Miggy. You don't understand. If we can't see the sky, we can't see the rainbow. So how are we going to know if we're going the right way? Oh, said Brucie, looking upwards. You're right. If we don't know where the rainbow's end is, we might get lost. Now they walked through the forest more carefully, no longer looking ahead but looking up into the canopy to see if they could catch a glimpse of the rainbow. But the trees were so thick that no more than the narrowest chink of blue light could be seen in any place. They came to a place where there was a wider gap through which they could see a square of blue sky with a small puff of fluffy white cloud in one corner,
1: but they couldn't see the rainbow at all. Oh dear, sighed Brucie. Where could it be?
0: asked Miggy, more to herself than to anyone else. But much to her surprise, a tiny voice replied, What are you looking for? The two trolls started up. They looked about them for the voice and saw a little bird in the tree. It had black feathers with a bright gold plume on the top of its head like a crown. Hello,
1: said Miggy, tentatively. Was that you? Of course it was me, said the bird. Why is that a surprise?
0: Oh, said Miggy, still taken aback.
1: I've just never heard a bird talk. Well, said the bird, have you ever cared to ask? Maggie thought
0: about this for a few seconds and realised the bird was right. She'd never asked a bird anything before. But now she took her chance. We're trying to see where the rainbow ends, she explained. But we can't see through the trees. Could you fly up there and have a look for us, please? The bird cocked his little head and told them that he certainly could, but that he would need something in return. He was hungry, and he couldn't find any nuts or seeds in the whole forest. We have nuts, Miggy cried merrily, fishing the parcel their mum had packed for them out of their knapsack. Miggy shared a handful of nuts with the bird, who gulped them down happily. When he was finished eating, he gave a twitter of satisfaction and said, Thank you, trolls. Now I'll go and see where that rainbow is you're looking for. The bird flew up, 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 and disappeared out into the blue square of sky. Miggy and Bruce waited, fidgety with anticipation, until the bird reappeared and flew down to meet them. It's that way, he said. He pointed in a direction through the forest and explained that if they went straight that way, they would eventually come to the edge of the forest and find a path which would take them through some craggy rocks until the end of the rainbow. At least as far as I can see, the bird said, ruffling his feathers. Miggy and Brucie thanked the bird and set off in the way it had told them. Soon enough, to their great delight, the trees began to thin out and they found themselves at the other edge of the forest. In front of them, a winding path disappeared into a tumble of boulders and fissured rock. Hooray, cried Miggie. Nice one, said Brucie, and off they went down the path. They were both excited now. The rainbow that went over their heads hung low in the sky, so that it almost felt that if they jumped they'd be able to reach it. They both knew that this meant that they must be reaching near the rainbow's end. Soon enough, they'd find out what was at the end of it. But as they rounded a corner, their fizzing bubbles of optimism which had been bouncing merrily around their bodies, froze. There, in front of them, blocking the path, was the most gigantic boulder they'd ever seen. It was so big that it had wedged itself between the rock faces, and there was no way to go around either side.
1: Oh, no, said Miggy. What on earth are we going to do? We need to get through this path in order to get to the
0: rainbow's end. But Brucie had stepped up to the boulder
1: and was giving it a look over. Never fear, Miggy, he said. I'm not strong for nothing.
0: I can shift this boulder in no time. Just you wait and see. Miggy raised her bright purple eyebrows. She'd never seen her brother lift anything quite as big as this boulder. But she had absolute faith in his special talent, his exceptional strength. So she folded her arms and watched to see what he would do next. Brucie was inspecting the bottom of the boulder, working out exactly where it was jammed. Then he gave a brisk nod, turned to his sister and said, ready, Miggy, watch this. Brucey tucked his big hands beneath the boulder, crouched low and took a deep breath in. Then, with a quick heave, he plucked the boulder up in his hands just as if it had been as light as a feather. Aye, yeah," he cried and pushed the boulder off the side of the path, where it landed out of the way in a big cloud of dust. Hurrah! Miggy cried. Brucie had done it. And then the two trolls, brother and sister, stood on the path, looking with astonished eyes at the sight before them. Wow, they both whispered, at exactly the same time. They had found it. The end of the rainbow. It curved down from the sky in all its multicoloured glory. And where it touched the earth, a huge pool had formed. The water not blue like normal water, but a perfect swirl of all the colours of the rainbow. And what's more, The pool was filled with all kinds of amazing creatures, all splashing and paddling about. There were unicorns and flying lions and little fairies, and a giant wearing bright pink swimming trunks, who made the most ginormous splash of red and blue and green when he dove in.
1: I can't believe it, Miggy murmured, when she'd finally found her tongue. The end of the rainbow, it's a swimming pool. She clapped her hands against her mouth. It was
0: as though the end of the rainbow had been made especially for her. Let's go, said Brucie. And so brother and sister ran up to the multicolored pool and jumped right in. It was just like water, but warm and technicolored. It was the best swim Miggy had ever had. She swam down deep underwater and shot up through the surface so that all the creatures around her clapped and cheered. While she was treading water, a dolphin appeared in front of her, wearing a rubber ring around his stomach. Nice swimming moves, the dolphin said. But did you know you can swim up the rainbow, too? Up the rainbow? Miggy repeated, glancing up at the sky. Oh, yeah, the dolphin said. Look, follow me. And with a swish of his tail, the dolphin was off, swimming towards the point where the rainbow touched the water. And then he was swimming upwards, propelling himself up through the rainbow, as though it were a river in the sky. Miggy followed. She swam at the rainbow and then, as if by magic, she was no longer swimming through the pool but up into the air. Whee! she cried. Pretty cool, isn't it? The dolphin called over his shoulder. They swam and swam, ever higher into the sky, until they reached the rainbow's crest. And from there, Miggy and the dolphin looked out over the whole wide world, the forest and the fields, the mountains and the valleys. It was the most marvellous sight in the world. There's my village, Miggy said, pointing down. And that's where I live, the dolphin said pointing over at the sea. Miggy and Brucie stayed playing in the rainbow pool all afternoon, making friends with the dolphin and all of the other creatures there. But as the sun began to set, they realized they better head home. So they said goodbye to their new friends and set off back through the forest.
1: What an amazing day! said Miggy. Who would have ever thought
0: that at the end of the rainbow there'd be a big pool
1: and that you'd be able to swim all the way up to the top? I never would have, Brucie agreed. Then he gave a big yawn. Wow, he said. All that walking and swimming
0: has made me pretty tired. And moving that giant boulder, Miggy added, that was pretty awesome. And then maybe because yawns are strange, infectious things,
1: Miggy had a big yawn too and stretched her arms out above her. Ooh, I'm really tired as well, she said,
0: When they broke out at the other end of the forest, it was twilight. Before them, they could see the fires of the rainbow village flickering in the mouths of the caves. Their mum and dad would be waiting for them, ready to hear what they had discovered at the end of the
1: rainbow. I can't wait to tell them, Brucie said. Me neither, said Miggy. I can't wait to go back, too. Brucey smiled. We should go swimming in the rainbow pool every week, he said. Miggy
0: returned his smile. That was a very nice idea, indeed. And so the two tired trolls, who had been on such a long adventure, walked back through the rainbow village, towards their family cave, where there was a hot meal waiting for them and soft beds of dried grass, and two parents who were looking forward so much to hearing the tale of what exactly they'd found at the end of the rainbow.